Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This crowd rises to its feet. The Carl slammed it home. Darwin left wing. Three ball. Perfect. Darwin one of the lane. Locked the Mobley. Pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. Where has the time gone? It is the final week of the NBA regular season. The Cavs magic number is down to one. Uh, not the most fun weekend for Cavs basketball with a uh, a high-scoring game against the New York Knicks, but the Cavs put it together. Jared Allen returned and, and got a big win over the Indiana Pacers. And joining me today to discuss it is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Um, not uh, not the prettiest win against the Indiana Pacers that you ever did see. Um, but but Justin, as, as they say, uh, they don't ask how, they ask how many. Um, and uh, and I, ultimately a 10-point win that, you know, didn't feel like a 10-point win. But at this point, you know, I, I feel like the team is fighting up against a lot of different interesting currents. Uh, they are... They're fighting against apathy because uh, they know they've, they've got the playoffs coming and that's obviously eating a lot of their attention. They're fighting against injury um, uh, with uh, with Okoro banged up and, you know, up until the indie game, uh, no uh, no Jared Allen. Um, and, uh, and you know, they, uh, so ultimately I'll take the win. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's a weird stretch of the season, uh, which is weird to say with only uh, three games left. Yeah, you, you, with how competitive this season has been, it's kind of surprising to to find yourself in a spot where the Cavs really aren't playing for anything. I I know uh, going into the Indiana game, they needed two, right? The they needed either two wins or uh, Knicks loss, co- some combination of that. But at the end of the day, kind of looking at the schedule, you kind of know like there's no real suspense of whether or not they're going to get the two. Obviously, it's nice to get that win against Indiana, and it definitely felt like a flip the switch game where they were kind of coasting a little bit. And, and frankly, I, I didn't love the effort uh, in that Knicks game either. I, I thought they kind of came out uh, expecting that our shooting is going to be sustainable and the Knicks are going to cool off at some point. They're playing without Julius Randle. And, and honestly, it's been a consistent trend throughout this season that 
when the opposing team has a, a star player out or has their best player out, uh, which was the case, I'd say, with both the Knicks and the, the Pacers games, Cavs can have a tendency to, to not exactly rise to the occasion, to not uh, come out with their fastball. And uh, credit to them, I, I guess, in the Pacers game that when they turned it on, they were awesome. That third quarter and fourth quarter defense especially was phenomenal. It was the the kind of lockdown gear that you expect this team to have. But against the Knicks, it, it was just another one of those instances of, well, we expected them to go cold at some point, but they're just in a rhythm. They're getting what they want. And while both teams had outlier shooting games, the Knicks just had a, a little bit more firepower in that one. Yeah, well, I think like that Knicks game is like the ultimate blend of, you know, shot making and scheme and execution um uh as 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 a very unhappy cocktail for the Cavs. Um you know, I didn't love Lamar starting on Jalen Brunson at all. I don't think we've ever seen Lamar be a great uh shifty guard defender. Mm-hmm. Um Brunson also made a ton of hard shots over uh, Lamar. So even when he didn't cook him, he was sco- uh he was scoring. No, um, no what it actually reminded me of, sorry to cut you off, right. but it reminded me of Isaac last season where I thought Lamar actually did a pretty good job staying in front of Brunson, but he was doing nothing to disrupt his rhythm, right? Like Jalen Brunson was mm-hmm. getting into the spots in his rhythm and Lamar was contesting rather than making him uncomfortable. And that was a, a big step forward for Coro this season being more of a disruptive force on the defensive end. And I think that's why you see across the board, the point of attack defensive metrics for him are all way, way up this year. I, I did not like the decision to start Lamar on Brunson. I, I get why they did it. Uh, just kind of mimicking the Okoro thing, but I, I, he did a better job than I expected. I just didn't really have high hopes because I, I think Lamar's best matchup is more of those kind of four, three, strong players that, that are looking to get to the rim where he can really put his body into guys. Yeah. And so uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I do think that's kind of where the third piece comes in, which is general execution. I also thought the Cavs played a bad game. I thought there was a lot of bad effort too. Yeah. Um, I, I tweeted that. I thought do- that was Donnie's worst defensive game as a Cavalier. Um, yeah, he's just getting turned. The, the corner was getting turned, my friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the footwork was very bad. Uh, he was a little, you know, he was either sluggish uh, or lungy where he was just kind of hopping out of position when he was in good position. Um, uh, and I feel like that kind of applied everywhere on the roster. I thought uh, this was another instance where uh, I think both of us kind of felt like sometimes JB will go out of his way to hide Darius when he doesn't have to. Mm, yeah. Uh, we I, I have kind of talked in the past about how that Hawks play in game. I think we kind of, broke our defense to avoid putting DG on the point of attack on Trey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, worked for a half. And then by the time they figured it out, it's like, hey, how about we just play a little more straight up than, than continuing to beat our head against the wall here? And I kind of feel like the Cavs' best success against Brunson in that game were when they just had Darius or Howell Neto uh, yeah. guarding uh, Brunson. And I think one thing that's underrated, and you've talked about it a little bit, is when when you do let Darius be the point of attack, especially while this team is playing these really small lineups, you know, Jetty at the four, Isaac at the four, Karras at the four, is 
it's really, really hard to take what little remaining size you have and put it at the front of the defense. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, your help defender is Darius is your help defender, and he's just not a big guy. Um. So, like, I I just felt like the scheme, the effort, uh, weren't were not where they needed to be. Uh, and then Jalen Brunson also shot the cover off the ball, and like that. The, that trio is why you give up 48 a career high 48 to a guy who you know does not live in the 48 point territory that often it's not like he's constantly flirting with 48 and he just happened to get there this time like mm-hmm. it was uh it was a a, a collapse on all levels and it was, it was an, outlier. an outlier for both yeah, teams it, it was nuts and i agree with the spirit of what you're saying with darius garland where sometimes i i definitely agree it's not necessary to kind of go out of your way to hide him. He, he's done such a good job staying connected to his man. Uh, the one area of growth, I, I'd say, on the defensive end, uh, seeing as we're here, um, I'd say he could do a little bit better of a job uh, contesting three-pointers and, and getting out and, and contesting those looks. But staying with guys, preventing guys from getting to the rim, fighting through screens, I think he's shown a ton of growth, and I think he's done a really good job of that this year. The What I would say about this matchup, though, is... When we see the Knicks in the playoffs, because that looks like the likely matchup in the four or five series here, uh, I don't even know if it's possible for anything else to occur at this point. I, I think there is like the slimmest of chances. I was I took a cursory look this afternoon while I was chasing my daughter around, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Knicks are two and a half games up. I don't know who has the tiebreaker, but it's it's darn close. I, and the Knicks have a pretty soft schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, in this matchup, I. Th- think this is a spot though where you would ask Darius to guard Quentin Grimes and that's not that's not hiding him like Grimes is someone that can get going and honestly Grimes has had a better season than RJ Barrett I I thought he did a good job on Grimes and in this matchup you would be putting Okoro onto Brunson uh assuming that Okoro's healthy which we'll, we'll get to that later and then you have Donnie maybe on Josh Hart, maybe on RJ Barrett. You kind of he's the one that you would be hiding in these matchups. And I'm I'm sure New York will go and, and try to get those switches and test Donnie in, in those spots. And he's going to need to be ready for that. But I I kind of understand not necessarily really changing the game plan of what you would normally do in this individual matchup because as much as it could have locked up the four seed in that game. You also don't really want to show too much against the Knicks, right? Like, you don't want to get into stuff. And frankly, like, my interest in the game and, like, my general angst, and I was actually having a very angsty Friday night, Carter. I was having a very angsty Friday. I was having a bad day. And normally, when the Cavs have a tough performance on a day that I have a bad day, I feel very angsty. As soon as Robin Lopez checked in in the second quarter, I'm like, oh, we're not giving our fastball tonight. We're, We're, like... We're going deeper in the bench. Everybody's getting a little bit of a shot. And if we end up getting the win here, that's great. Obviously, the starters are still going to play heavy minutes. But my level of seriousness watching the game went down. And I don't know if that's fair to Rolo or not, but he just hasn't played a lot of high leverage minutes this season. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. And I don't think they were, uh, you know, th- this was not their their fastball, so to speak. Um uh, but also, you know, you just want to see execution be good, even if you're not throwing Agreed. your, 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 your best effort at some, at a team. Uh, and I just don't think they did that today or that, that in that game and that, and that's okay. You know, um, ultimately I think we're going to, we're going to see better from them. Um, and, uh, and I think we're going to, we're, we're going to see a much better punch. D- did you leave that game just going like, 
man, they need Isaac Okoro. <laughs> uh, or, or like, or did you say, or did you kind of leave it going? Well, they just have to play better. I obviously the Okoro thing. Like I, I was feeling a, a little, you know, annoying. Like being, like being annoying. And of course, I made my jokes about. Well, where's all the people that want to get rid of Jared Allen and Isaac Okoro now? Um, so there was that aspect of it. But I was trying to figure out real takeaways. And, and some of them, I, I did think it was interesting, especially after the podcast that we did with Andrew, that Tibbs did go the, the smaller route, right? That he was playing for perimeter players uh, around Mitchell Robinson. And, and that was something that we weren't sure whether or not they were going to do. And that's something that if... Randall is out for some or all of the series. It's going to be interesting if the Knicks do go small, how the Cavs deal with that. And obviously Brunson had the majority of the volume shooting in that game. And it's easy to kind of just point at, okay, Isaac Okoro, you can put him on there. He's done a terrific job on Brunson all season. I think it's easy to fall in that trap, but there were, there were some concerns and I'm interested if you had any concerns from it, but especially after you pointed out kind of the struggles that the Cavs have had on the defensive glass, that really came through. And obviously Jared Allen helps, but even when Jared Allen is back, even if the, the starting lineup rebounding numbers are good, we are still going to have these stretches where it's only one of them on the court. And when you do have all of these wings that are very, very good, tenacious rebounders on New York, that's going to be something that's really going to test the Cavs. And it's going to need to be a team effort. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. That freaks me out. It, I was freaked out before the game uh, and watching uh, Mitchell Robinson pull in nine offensive rebounds, um, you know, did nothing to assuage those fears. Um, it's a big I word. That, I don't know. Assuage? Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a college degree, pal. <laughs> um, you know, I think that ultimately you you've done the homework you know that when the two bigs are on the floor together the defensive rebound rate is good mm -hmm. and again i this could just kind of keeps going back to the fact that like i just whether it's fair to ask of him or not and it's the answer is probably it's not i just don't see a world where jared is not being asked to play around 40 minutes a game mm -hmm. in the postseason um i think the core four are all going to be hovering around 40 minutes uh, unless they just happen to take care of business early in games, um, which really hasn't been their MO, to be honest. There have been a ton of games where they just get to, you know, send in the cavalry at the at the six-minute mark of the fourth because um, almost no one gets to do that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just think, like, you're not going to be able to survive um, uh, on the glass against some of these teams, and especially against the Knicks, where that's so important for them to have a functioning offense. Uh, if the Cavs are playing, are scheming better and and executing better, like I, I think, I think you're going to see some really ugly offensive ratings for New York uh, in a postseason series. Mm -hmm. And the their road is is generating extra shots, extra possessions, uh, extra free throw line attempts. Uh, they also shot 11 more free throws in that game, uh, yeah. mind you. So um, I, I think that's the kind of stuff that 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 jumps out at me. Uh, the rebounding jumps out at me, and then. You know, ultimately, I I think Lamar had a really rough game against New York. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think it's worth noting, like, I, I, I keep mentioning this, but if you had told me Lamar was a, a possible or likely playoff rotational player at the beginning of the year, I would have said, uh-oh, like, this is, 
you know, that might be overtaxing him. Um, and, you know, we saw it where he was catching the ball with advantage a few times against New York, and Hartenstein just uh, took his lunch money twice at the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I worry a little bit about this team's depth because, you know, I, I did that little tier list that you yelled at me on Twitter about. And uh, while the Cavs uh, were four of the top six, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, <laughs> like felt like they were all Knicks. Yeah. Um, the the Knicks have depth even without Randall. Um, uh, and they do they do play physically to take out take uh and may, might take out some of uh take the Cavs out of the game a little bit. And you know, uh, I, the, uh, as I've said, the bench just cannot tank them. Uh, and you know, it was, it was hard. The Lamar minutes were hard and he started. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if Isaac isn't right, um, Lamar's going to be playing in the postseason. Um, uh, and, uh, that, and I, I, I just think we might see him get a little overtaxed in that construct. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Yeah, it it, it definitely was interesting. And I thought Neto uh, gave them better minutes than Rubio again. And I, I don't yep. know if... 
I don't know if that's something that maybe JB has a shorter leash in the playoffs. Maybe we just go Karis LeVert essentially as the third guard in those spots and you're playing, you know, Jetty Osman on the wing. And I mean, it's interesting. The thing is, if you do that, you got to play Lamar because you can't run a seven man rotation unless you're like in a game seven. Here's the thing, though. When you're looking at the rebounding numbers for the Cavs and those two big lineups with Mobley and Allen, they're about an 83rd percentile for defensive rebounding. When you look at the individual kind of pairings with those guys, the ones that are actually strong uh, on the glass contain either Karis LeVert or Dean Wade. And I think the most significant development that we have is Dean Wade playing significant minutes because I think, especially like we, we know what Lamar's going to bring on the offensive end of the floor. If Dean's at least shooting with a little bit of confidence, I think what he brings defensively overall and both as a rim protector and as a switchy larger body i think that that's going to be really valuable within a rotation because if you're talking about shrinking the rotation assuming okoro's healthy and we get our normal starting five if you're shrinking down to an eight-man rotation that's Karis levert jetty osman and dean wade and maybe like a sprinkling of lamar or ricky depending on the matchup depending what you need i feel a whole lot better about that and frankly like i was not expecting to be going into this final week of the season unsure of kind of what the rotation is going to look like because in my mind I had already kind of written off getting Dean production for this season and obviously the Okoro injury is something that is on the forefront of my mind as well but seeing Dean Wade go out there for 27 minutes against the Pacers and you know rotate well defensively even though the play that he had on RJ Barrett uh, where he blocked him on the drive uh, wasn't using his hands, um, the the willingness to take shots against Indy, like it just looks better. It doesn't look like there's necessarily the same hitch. And if they can get even like 85% of what Dean Wade was before the, the shoulder injury, I do think what he can bring on the glass, uh, just from a size perspective, the rim protection as well. I think we saw that many times against Indiana where he's able to rotate down and, and protect the rim. I think that that is a major, major development if they are able to get meaningful minutes from Wade because we've talked about it a million times. Like when he's healthy and he's right, he's a major role player that can contribute to this team and and help out. So seeing him get 27 minutes, that has my interest peaked. Yeah, I just first off, completely agree. I don't think either of us thought we were seeing Dean play a meaningful minute the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. Uh, the rest of the regular season at, at minimum. Um, as he kind of still is struggling to come back from injury, as uh, the the three point jumper had fallen off, um, and you know I think he's been okay. I don't think he's been great. Um, nope. you know he's two of five from three in forty minutes in the last two games. Forty hey, percent, um, baby. Yeah, forty percent. Count the numbers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know the fact that, and we we talk about the fact that you know we're not so sure about Lamar. Well, and we're not so sure about Ricky. Well, if if you do play Karis those those backup one minutes, um, and again knowing that Donnie is definitely gonna be playing forty two minutes a game, he just mm-hmm. is. Um, uh, which so there aren't that many that you need to cover, but there are some. Uh, if you do excise Rubio, uh, and you and you're sure you want to play Jetty, which I'm still not sure JB's a hundred percent sure of that. Uh, it almost starts to make me wonder: is he is he just gonna be playing a little grab bag? with the bench like play you know trying to guess who's going to help based on the matchup and having a hook uh yeah. if 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 they're not if they're not showing and I know that's not exactly optimal 
conditions to play basketball under. If if you're one of these role guys, it's like, well, if I miss my first two or we get, you know, we give up a run when I get on the floor, am I going to get bounced for the rest of the series? Um, you might <laughs> like, uh, you know, JB's going to have to try some stuff and see who sticks, see who's ready. And, and that frankly, might include that's playoff basketball, yeah. right? Like, yeah. We've seen really good players follow the rotation. We saw that happen with Grant Williams. We saw the Bucks, like Grayson Allen plays big minutes for them. He fell out of the rotation, right? Like, I think it wouldn't surprise me for Lamar to come into a game and give them good minutes because we've mm-hmm. seen it dozens of times throughout like his tenure with the Cavs, right? Like he can go out there. What what makes me uncomfortable is if you're in a position to necessarily like count on him, especially because he does provide something different defensively than what Isaac does, right? Like Isaac is so much more of a point of attack defender, right? And he's someone that you can throw onto the guards, especially as you're kind of rotating throughout your rotation. Um, So yeah, just, I think if we're looking at kind of like the ideal eight man rotation, like I think the three off the bench, if Wade is healthy, it would be Karras, Jetty and Wade to me, because I think they bring something unique that the rest of the starting lineup doesn't necessarily have, right? Like for Karras, it's, oh. And uh, they all plug in to what the starting lineup does. Right, and they they all plug in. They all, like, Jetty will give you movement shooting. Karras gives you a 6'7 guy that can run a pick and roll, good playmaking. We we see what he can do on the defensive end as well. Uh, That microwave shot making that's so important for a playoff series. And Dean Wade, that rare guy that can defend three through five, um, maybe knock down some shots, but you know, he's going to make the right play and he's not going to, he's never going to have a record scratch, right? Like he's never all of a sudden going to say, Oh God, I, I have Josh Hart on me. I'm going ISO here, right? Like we might see him turn down shots. Like I think if he's getting the hook, it's going to be a, as a result of turning down the shots that he should be taking. Um, but I, I don't think that he's necessarily going to have kind of the, the YOLO possessions that we see from a jetty or even from Lamar at times. No, I, I would tend to agree. And like, really, all, all JB, all I want from JB at this point, because like, you know, the silver bullet is not coming uh, in the next three games where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, now we know who JB is definitely going to be able to count on. Um, and again, I still think you can throw Isaac into that group of, of play. You know, we until I see it work in the postseason, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to at least have my eye on it. Mm-hmm. And like, but what you want is enough, you know, folks to throw at that wall <laughs> like uh because like you know there will be players who just don't have it for series for games for whatever it might be and uh, this is this is postseason ball and if lamar comes out there and provides an energy burst he's probably gonna get 20 minutes in that game uh and if he comes out there and you know the the athleticism and speed seems too much and everyone else's try hard is ramped up to his level of try hard and then maybe he's not going to get to play and and JB will try out uh Wade or whoever it might be I just think I think we're going to see I mean if you think about just who's going to get like real competitive minutes uh in in a in a first round series with the Knicks I would set the over under at 10 and a half <laughs> like uh cuz I just don't I just don't think JB is going to be orthodox uh, about this because we just know that doesn't work. We we know that like like how how many times have we just how many times have we watched playoff series where we go yeah that guy who's played all year is not gonna work here yeah. and like I think it's the Cavs have more variance than most. Um, mm-hmm. so you know Danny Green might be the break glass in case of emergency guy. I hoped we'd get to see him have some run. Um, before we get there and we still might. 
Yeah. But uh bad but yeah, timing so. for those health uh, and safety protocols yeah. for him. Yeah, no kidding. So um uh, ultimately I do think we're going to see a, t- a ton of bodies and I I think the Lamar performance in that Knicks game was kind of endemic of that. Mm-hmm. Um uh just in terms of like uh-oh, I just don't want him to be overexposed. Um uh but JB does have some options. I think the Dean minutes are very meaningful uh in that regard. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we'll we'll see who ends up being kind of those valuable contributors who who you can count on, but at least we do know for video conferencing, we can count on the support of Zoom. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Carter, it is almost, it is almost time. I I can't believe the regular season is is running up on us, that this is the last week. Um, I'm very excited for postseason basketball. I'm not excited. Like, even if the miraculous run happens and and the Cavs are playing all the way to June, I just don't like the idea of not having three, four Cavs games every single week. And that's that's already freaking me out. But I got to admit, I'm starting to get just a little bit nervous about the size of Kokoro injury. Um, he is out again uh, Tuesday against the Orlando Magic, and it certainly does say, seem like they're playing it safe to, to some extent with his knee. Uh, it's being described as soreness. Uh, JB's quote after the game, courtesy of Chris Fedor, was, we need to get him into a place better than he was. If Isaac doesn't play, it's because he's in real discomfort. We've got to make sure we're taking those steps to get him to a place of comfort and safety that's more important. It's something we've been monitoring every day and hopefully he continues to improve. 
the key line in there for me is that we got to get him to a place better than he was. And to me, that sounds like a guy that's been playing through discomfort. Um, credit to him. I don't think it was really apparent uh, when you saw him out there on the court. But I do remember like going into those Brooklyn games where, you know, he, he hit that big shot. It did seem like he was getting a little more quiet than that early run when he was in the starting lineup, right? Like I, you noticed that the, the volume of shots was coming down a little bit and there were stretches where you didn't notice him as much offensively, which um, was kind of the norm prior to him entering the starting lineup, but it was something that we were at least monitoring. But I mean, <laughs> on the one hand, it feels good. It feels good that Isaac Okoro has played to a point where we feel concerned if he's not 100% going into a playoff series. It feels good that like in, he seems to be our best answer for the next best player that's going to be available in this series, right? Like, on the other hand, it's concerning because there's nobody else that does he's the what best he does. answer for what the Knicks do. Yeah. Yeah. And our only answer, really. Like, he's the only one that provides this exact skill setting and does it at this level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it is uh, concerning. Um, I, I'm, I'm certainly getting to the point where I'm a little worried. Uh, here's the devil's advocate. Uh, you know, the, the, well, probably the angel's advocate, I guess, uh, you, whatever it is, the more positive spin. Here's the reality, Justin, uh, first day of the playoffs, I believe is the 15th. Correct. Please confirm. So, uh, the earliest, the Cavs really, 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 really need Isaac Okoro is 12 days from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaac is also, um, he's already know, had over a week off. Yeah. He's, he's one of the hardest workers on the team, um, and is young and is a great athlete. I'm not terribly worried about his conditioning. I think he's going to be smart. Um, you know, the Cavs, uh, training staff is really smart. You know, they're, I'm sure they're going to be getting him that low impact cardio, uh, in the meantime to make sure, you know, uh, he's, he's not losing his, uh, wind while he's, uh, resting that knee. Um, and ultimately, like, they just should not need him to win one more game and uh, and basically shut it down. I really think it's important. I know we're going to talk about the Orlando games. But if I'm JB, I'm like, fellas, let's just go freaking win tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you, w- if you take care of business tomorrow, uh, you have locked in the four spot. Uh, again, is their ma- magic number is one. They got to win one game or Knicks have to lose one game to lock up that four spot. And then everyone who's even nursing a little thing can chill. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I think that, uh, and if you're, if you're an avid listener to the podcast, you might be thinking, Carter, that's a heck of a different tune than you were, uh, than you were whistling, uh, just like a week and a half ago. And yeah, it is. It's a complete <laughs> reversal, but we lost team, two games. Yeah. We lost two games. Um, uh, Isaac, wasn't hurt before Jarrett wasn't hurt before. Uh, and like, that was kind of my big fat caveat. I kept hitting was like barring injuries. I think they should just try to win as many games as they can, but guess what? They're injured now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, or at least we know about those injuries now. Um, and I think even, even if they're not a hundred percent going into a Knicks series with Julius Randall's status in question, I think they should advance out of that series. Um, but like, you know, you want to, you want to give Boston the best shot you can, if you're, I'm sorry, Milwaukee, best shot you can, if you get there. Uh, and obviously there's no guarantee they get there. Knicks are, yeah. I was going to shame you for skipping yeah. steps. I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. appreciate and, that. But like, you have to think like they have to go back into thinking long game. 
uh, in my opinion, based on how this has played out. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, yeah. Again, there is no guarantee they beat the Knicks, so uh, I'm knocking on some wood and apologizing to the basketball guys for even uh, entering the thought experiment. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I that's I really want to see them take care of business and just let everyone who's nursing something, uh, you know, give Jared a couple extra game. Uh, you know, again, if you if you win tomorrow, that's eleven days off for mm-hmm. everyone who really needs it, and that's basically like think about how much. We look towards a thing like an all-star break and go, oh, man, whoever's nursing something, once we get to all-star break, that's going to be so good for them. Cavs get their own little mini all-star break here if they take care of business tomorrow. Yeah, and for Okoro de- dealing with the, the knee soreness, like whether that's a tendon issue or whatever the case may be, like it's three weeks off. Like In all likelihood, you're probably still going to be dealing with some discomfort. Reality is everybody is going to be somewhat banged up going into the playoffs. Nobody's fully healthy after 82 games, but you can at least hope that he's going to be in a better, you know, state to, to contribute that there's going to be less discomfort for him. And who knows, maybe however long he is out for is enough to actually rectify that. And that is going to be fine. But um, it definitely is nice on the one hand that we are at a point where we feel like we really need Isaac Okoro, and uh, we we recognize his value. Um, it does definitely feel like, even though it wasn't officially locked up, that the Cavs have been playing it safe, right? Like Jared Allen uh, dealing with he, the the soreness that he had, Isaac with the soreness he had, resting them for those Atlanta Knicks games. Even though you could, you could in theory say, hey, these are like big games. We were still like you know pushing for the three seed. Feels like they took the right approach and understood, hey. We still have enough to win these games, which they did. They they could have won the Hawks game. They could have won the Knicks game uh, with, with better execution in, in both of those games, even with those two out. But, you know, just playing it safe, giving these guys their best chance to be 100% or as close as realistically possible for the playoffs, I think, is the priority because they're really going to need Isaac Okoro. Like, it's... It's a thin rotation as it is, and losing a key piece that you figure is going to play at least like 28 minutes a night uh, in the playoffs, um, you, you can't have that. No, you cannot. So uh, really, really uh, interested, keeping an eye on it. Um, you know, this might be a thing where like, why were we so worried about Isaac Okoro? He had some minor knee soreness, and the Cavs are, were smart to Dude, not I, I play hope him so. before like, the play. The, so like, we just don't the, know. We won't know. What what would you put the over under at? Like 30, 40% of what we say is basically irrelevant two weeks later? Is well, like that's, our base, that's our base margin for error on everything, Justin. <laughs> so, so let's not, uh, let's, let's, let's not, not get into that. Get, that that's, that's, not a, that's not a thread on the sweater I want to pull. <laughs> how often we are just big wrong. Oh, I, I, I like pulling on that thread, but it's fun. you know what? You're, you're going to uh, keep me away from those good habits. But you know what? Let's move from that to what I think is better news. Even though it's not 100% official yet, there are indications that there is going to be a new collective bargaining agreement and that there is going to be labor peace in the NBA, which, you know, uh, we talked about how much we're already missing the basketball that's not gone. I, I think the idea of a lockout w- would be something that would really depress the living hell out of me. And some of the uh, early reporting, it's interesting, man. Like there's, there were aspects of it that I probably overreacted to already. Like you look at the the stuff about, you know, uh, gambling and all that, that's, it's something that 
as more guardrails are being announced and more information is coming out, I'm like, why, why was I overreacting? Why, why am I being dumb? So I'll be interested to see what the actual details are there, but there are things that impact the Cavs. And, um, you know, we have an in-season tournament potentially as soon as next year. That's interesting. Uh, there are no longer limits to the designated rookie max extensions, which is obviously significant given that both Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are on them, which, I mean, that was one of the questions that people had when the Donovan Mitchell trade happened was, is this going to delay when you can give Mobley a new contract? And the answer yeah, is no. I do no. think people, I don't think people understood, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, Justin, because I am, uh, not only am I no uh, cap or CBA expert, I'm also uh, just not very well read. Mm-hmm. But with that said, correct me if I'm wrong, prior to this uh, reported change, the Cavs would have been able to offer Mobley this deal, but it would have had to be like at the end of his rookie deal because they had to wait for the Donnie one to basically flip into a new contract, right? Yeah, if he opted it, it, out and they signed him to a new thing, then things open up or something like that. Yeah, it, it would be a limit on the, the ability to give him the five-year extension rather than a five-year new deal. That's why we were able to give Jared ah. Allen a five-year contract rather than the five-year extension. I Got think, it. I think there so would have been... it just pushes things back a little bit in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, and, and I think there would have been some monetary differences as well. I'm not 100% there, so I, I won't even speak to it, but that's no longer an issue. And obviously that's interesting from a team-building standpoint too. Like, look how many deals were held up this past off season because teams couldn't ben offer Simmons contract. The, the, the Ben Simmons one is a prime one. Like yeah. Kevin Durant could have been in Miami if Dam Adebayo was eligible to be traded to uh, Brooklyn, right? Like you never know how that could have gone. So that's certainly an interesting thing from a team building standpoint, but what really seems to be when, when I listen to the smart people that are actually like digging into this and, and all the, the podcasts, what this seems to say is, there's going to be upper spending limits. There's going to be limitations on what you can do when you've invested in a team in terms of adding guys in free agency. But it really, really incentivizes drafting, developing, keeping those guys. If you're going to have three designated uh, rookie extension guys, you better be very sure about those three guys because there's going to be complications with team building. And for the Cavs, it's pretty nice that we already know, <laughs> like we're, we feel great about the Garland extension. He, he's having, you know, the best season of his career, Donovan Mitchell. I don't think anybody's displeased with how great he's been this year. And Evan Mobley's pretty much a no doubter. And we know that they play well with these role guys. But I, I, I do think that it really does seem to put an emphasis on retaining players, um, drafting, developing, even the addition of an extra two way. There's going to be three two ways, Carter. Yeah, it's that that's pretty exciting, um, especially with uh, some of the draft and stash equity that the Cavs have, like you know, uh, Khalifa Jop or Luke Travers. Maybe you don't burn a two way spot on them uh, if you're not 100 percent sure they're ready, uh, but maybe you do now that you yeah. have a third spot coming. So you know, again, all this is uh, just to remind everyone: this is all reported. We don't know um, uh, if all this will end up coming to pass. So we we are just going off the information we have. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of good news for the Cavs. You know, it does feel like there was a lot of um, you know guardrails put against those you know the the Omega spenders, um, yep. which like it does I think, actually like, hurt the like that. To yeah, because the Cavs have once been an Omega spender. You know, yep. that's a, that is a um, a rare small market advantage that the Cavs had over their over their other small market brethren was that you know you had Dan Gilbert. 
um, who uh, who was you know a great spender when the team was a comp- uh, contender and really always has been. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so th- so that's certainly interesting. Uh, can I can I quickly um, uh, opine yes. on the end season tournament? Oh sure, go off, guys. If you were to design a league from scratch, none of you would do. Yeah, go ahead and just get your phone out. Yeah, none of you would just schedule an eight month season of just repetitive regular season games over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until you finally got to a postseason where over half the league made the postseason. <laughs> like, you just wouldn't design it that way. Um, I work in esports in my day job, uh, as, as, as I've often talked about on here. And a big part of working in esports is, is ecosystem d- design. You're, you're, you're creating leagues from scratch, right, Justin? Uh, oh, yeah. and, and as you know very well, but no, seriously, you, you're kind of creating leagues from scratch. You're com- creating competitive structures, schedules, etc. And, you know, a major thing that you'll see in esports is almost every esport has a series of major tournaments throughout, throughout the year, like call of duty league, which is the client we work with. They, they'll do, they're doing five big mid season tournaments over the course of the year before their championship, uh, bracket. Um, and like those beats are really meaningful. They get everyone excited and kind of re- re- renews interest. And, uh, every esport that has to kind of start from scratch, anyone that tries to do like an extended regular season gets run out of the room. And I know esports are not sports, but I do think there's some interesting lessons to learn. Um, where you, especially working on the broadcast production side of things where you're like, Okay, we got another uh, you know, 16 weeks of pro league. How are we going to make this interesting? That's the question the NBA is trying to answer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have major events and, and big tournaments to kind of uh, create beats, uh, it, it just is a nice pace changer and rhythm breaker and storyline generator. So, like, yes, I, I, I know there's still work to be done on incentive structures um, to, make this, to make this work. Um, but I really do think it's not... Uh, even though it like I'll admit like it might not work maybe it needed more time in the oven maybe the maybe the the NBA fan base wasn't quite ready for something like this uh there's there's all sorts of reasons why things don't work when you try something new mm-hmm. but the idea that it's just a bad idea on its own merits I just do not agree with because I've seen in other ecosystems including in real in real and traditional sports you know WNBA uh Premier League soccer etc that these things work in regular sports too. So like, I just think people should try, I would challenge folks to try to open their mind a little bit and, and, and see if this is fun, because mm-hmm. if it, if, if it sucks, I think they'll bail on it, uh, in, in short order. But in the meantime, I'm going to root for fun, uh, over some like, or some orthodoxy. That's like, well, I don't think it's a good idea, so I'm not going to do, I saw someone tweet about boycotting it because they don't <laughs> believe in cheap stunts. I'm like, wow, my God, you are, you're a real, uh, warrior, uh, for, uh, for, for the culture brother. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, I, 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 this is my, this is my, my case to, to give it a shot gang. I think, I think it could be more fun than you think it will. And I think once you get into the Cavs are playing in a single elimination tournament or whatever it might be, and they minute the third round, like, tell me you're not going to care a little 
Like, mm-hmm. come on. We we talk ourselves into February regular season basketball matchups all the time. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. I, I mean, it's great timing. The, the Cavs are very good now, and we, we can maybe win multiple things in a year. That's... That's great. I, I I like that. I really don't have strong feelings for the in-season tournament. My big thought is looking at, I love that all NBA is positionless. Like now we can pretty much resolve who the top 15 players are in, in a given season. I, I like that. I, I think that's good. I don't good. like it so much. I, I, I like it. Um, The 65 game limit for awards, I think it's a little arbitrary and it goes back to my thing, which is, all right, can, can we can we stick on all NBA before we pivot to to the uh, the okay, game limit? Yeah, yeah. What, what are your thoughts? I, I just think I don't get why I, they I, I, re- I recognize how risky it is to say what are your thoughts after that soliloquy, uh, but proceed. I I know, I know. I just I doesn't it feel a bit like a nuclear option to go from uh you know this very very organized guard you know guard forward forward center to just whatever the top fifteen guys are like I I just don't get why we didn't at least start with you know, uh, like wing, you know, guard, guard, forward, 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 you know, like just backcourt, mm-hmm. frontcourt, like we do, uh, with like all-star game. Um, so you can get a couple, you know, so you don't have the center drama. Cause I feels like you, this whole thing just feels like you're solving for what if there's two really good centers or what if there aren't three really good centers? <laughs> and like, yeah. I just feel like that's a bit too nuclear of a choice given like, the historical context of like okay this like i mean simmons and rosillo on their pod you know talked about it plenty where they were like you know it matters to be the the best you know one of the best two guards in the league in any given year um and it helps contextualize things and i 
I just hate the idea of losing that context. Um, mm. uh, and I and Simmons kind of made the point. I don't know if you listened to that pod, but he also kind of made the point that MVP, the MVP top five list, does what this is kind of looking to do. You just look at the voting, and uh, now now you don't get an award for you know you don't get hardware like you do for being first team All NBA if you're the MVP runner up. But like in terms of our ability to parse, you know what happened in in, in a league year thirty years from now. Uh, I don't know. It just it felt a little bit like a bridge too far to me. I, I don't think MVP top five necessarily tells you who the five best players are, right? Like you get guys like Isaiah Thomas with, with Boston there that end up in the top five there, but you wouldn't necessarily say he wasn't oh, a top the- five player. What? I, I wouldn't say so. I, I would not say. I was so. being, I'm being a jerk. No, I, I I know I know what you're doing. Um, I'll counter with this, and, and this actually isn't something I've given a whole lot of thought to, but. I do think that it makes it interesting looking at trends of the league, right? Where if you're doing it this way, where it's the top 15 players, who's the five best, who's six through 10, who's 11 through 15, you can start to see some of these trends throughout NBA history when you start looking back at it of, oh, like right now, centers are having a resurgence. Like we went from centers not mattering to the top players in the league. Like you got Embiid, you got Jokic, you got Giannis, right? Like, you can start to see some of those trends start to form and maybe it does shift to wing. Maybe there's is a real guard push, right? Where we see uh, guys like Darius and, and Donovan and all those guys really driving a lot of team success and getting accolades as a result of that. I, I think you can start to see the trends that way. And I get it. I guess where it's like, Oh, you're your first, second or, or third best center. But I, I just don't think that that's that important, right? Like, it's not like anyone actually agrees in terms of consensus on that stuff anyways. And, like, those deviations, like, like the drop-off from first to second center might be smaller than the drop-off within the first team from first team center to first team guard. So I I think it's a better representation of who's made the most impact, who is the the best players for any given season. I, I get it. Um, I just think, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm a bit of a history buff on this one, and I just feel like dork. I feel like I feel like first team. I feel like the All NBA teams kind of only matter for history. Um, yeah. And in that regard, like you're just kind of breaking your your precedent for, I don't know. Do I? I don't know. It just felt, felt like the nuclear option. But let's move to the 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 minimum limits that have been reported. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind this one iota. I think this is going to have a lot of fun uh, down the line uh, effects. I do think I'm a little surprised I didn't see a, um, you know, 65 games in which you play at least 10 minutes or something like that <laughs> to avoid the memorial. Uh, oh, you know, no, I, I the, want the that. The AC I Green want that. Memorial one minute outing. I, I uh, want the Drew Holiday out there for tip off. I, I want that. I, I want to. I want these weird moments. I want Giannis throwing the ball off the backboard to get his triple double. I'm. I'm, I'm all. Yeah. Here. Here's the thing, though. So if you're really worried, the reason you do this is because you're worried about the this growing perception that is, I think, pretty close to reality. That hey, it stinks that uh, all these star players aren't playing in in games, and you know people are trying to go to games. And Thank you for you, saying it's close to reality because I, I feel like too often like fans get gaslit where they're like, no, 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 like th- this isn't happening. You, no, it doesn't, it's awesome it doesn't matter that this is, is upsetting against, to you. Yeah. No, like yeah. f- how fans feel matters. Of course. And, uh, um, you know, I think that like you look at, uh, 
we know that a lot of, or we don't know, but you know, it's been reported. A lot of this is coming from the training staffs and, you know, players are going to listen to training staffs, but maybe players are a little less incentivized to do so and are going to advocate like, Hey, um, excuse me. Uh, I don't want to sit. Uh, I, I, I want to, I want to get all NBA honors. I want to, I want to be a defensive player of the year candidate or whatever it might be. I don't know exactly what awards are uh, bound by the 65 game, uh, restriction, uh, in, in the reporting, but Altogether, I think like there are some interesting downline effects where uh, we're just going to see our favorite players play more. Um, mm-hmm. And like uh, again, I would love to have some more guardrails, and I I kind of think there's going to be some minute uh, minimum. There's going uh, there's going to be so CBAs. much more details than what we're um, getting in these like but, small leaks and tweets. Yeah, and he, but I'm saying even if it's not in this CBA, I'll bet it's the next one uh, to mm-hmm. avoid those uh, silly uh, you know honorary starts or whatever. Um, but, uh, ultimately I think it's a good, I think it's a good move, uh, in the right direction. And like, yeah, there's going to, there's going to be a few painful omissions that maybe don't reflect, um, you know, quality all the time. Like there's going to be a great, great player who plays 63 games that has an awesome season that gets left off. But like, do, do the ends justify the means? I would say yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see how this all plays out, but mostly bro, I'm just glad it doesn't seem like a lockout's coming. Lockouts are so brutal. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know. Uh, and ultimately, I, like, availability should yeah. matter, right? Yeah. Like, availability should matter. And that's why Evan Mobley deserves to be Defensive Player of the Year over Jaron Jackson Jr. What I would add to this, Carter, and I agree with a lot of what you said, I do think sometimes this gets framed as player versus training staff or players versus coaches in terms of who arrests when really they're put into these situations where there isn't a good answer by the schedule makers. Like the the Cavs had stretches where they played four games in five nights. That should not happen. You should not really have back-to-backs. And I'm fine with all of this if the league keeps taking these proactive steps to fix the schedule, to, to make things easier. They did a great job cutting down and travel this year overall. And I, I think there's further steps you can take. Um, I don't think I've actually talked about this on the podcast, and I just want to get it out here into the universe because I think it's one of the rare times I've had a good idea. But I would love it, just because divisions don't really have a lot of meaning right now, I would love it if in the first 20 games of your season and the second or the last 20 games of your season, you play all of your division opponents twice. And in at the start of the year, let's say Cleveland plays a two-game series like we're about to have with Orlando with Detroit. They host Detroit. Then they go, they play two games in India against Indy. Then they go, uh, they, they play two in Milwaukee. And just at the start of the season, you kind of have these baseball series that reduce travel. And it happens within kind of your local division where you're not traveling as much at the start of the year and the end of the year. I think that helps build division rivalries. I hope, I think it creates a rhyme and reason to when you're playing these teams and, and, um, when you're having these two game series. And then at the end of the year, you alternate. If you hosted the first two, you play on the road for the last two, right? And these division games matter a lot for tiebreakers. And, and I think you can almost replicate a little bit of what football has with these divisional weeks um, by taking this approach. And I understand there's still going to be scheduling conflicts. That's why I say eight out of the first 20. But I, I think it would be a, a. I like these baseball series. I like what we're about to do with the Orlando Magic, and I, I think it would be fun if you want to build rivalries within the division. 
back-to-back games playing the same team are a great way to do it. It gives coaching staffs the opportunity to game plan. I was listening to uh, the Wine and Gold radio podcast uh, with Rafa and Joe, which everyone should be subscribing to, but they had an interview with JB and they were asking him about these two game series. And he was saying, you know, like nothing really prepares you for the playoffs, but it's a unique opportunity that they didn't have before in their back pocket. I think it's a great addition and I'd like to see them build off of that as a means to cut down travel. And maybe it just comes down to, you know, trimming some of the preseason away uh, starting the year a couple weeks earlier and limiting the amount of games you play in one week. Like maybe you're only playing three games in one week, right? And and you're eliminating some of these back-to-back situations unless it's in the same city. Like I, I think there's ways that you can go about it so that training staffs and players aren't put in this position because the training staff is saying, hey, you're, you got knee soreness right now. And if we play you four times in five days, we're risking your long-term health. We're we're risking our season as a team. We're risking your health and your ability in your career. Like this isn't good for anybody. And I, I think too often it gets framed as players not wanting to play or uh, training staffs and their advanced analytics on health and all that kind of stuff. When really it comes down to the schedule, because the game has evolved beyond where it was before, where you could play, you know, three on one side that just stand around because there's a legal defense rules and you can just play two on two. Like every single possession has three guys involved in the primary action with two guys running on the weak side. These guys are bigger, faster, stronger. They're colliding. It's just a different game. It's more taxing. These guys have so many miles on their bodies. And and I think correcting the schedule first and giving these guys more rest rather than trimming the 82 or whatever, I think that is a logical first step to try to to see if this does curb some of this because i think too often it gets unfairly put on the players and i think too often it gets unfairly put on the teams i'm going to time both of our monologues and see who uh who, who went longer i think i definitely did but nevertheless i do think it's a very good idea justin um you know i think that the scheduling stuff is just so hard i think i don't know if this is true or not uh obviously nfl has it easier insofar as like they know they're only going to be playing on Sundays and they're in football stadiums, which are just like booked less. Yeah. But like people just do not understand what a logistical nightmare it is to book arenas, you know, yeah. I, I, not to continue to go back to my, my line of work in my day job, but like we have to try to get holds. If we want to do an arena show, you have to get holds like, like, like a year in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it like, because there's just so much traffic. I mean, uh, even even I got burned. I was uh, I I whined about the 8 p.m. start on uh, uh, on Sunday's game against the Pacers, and uh, people reliably informed me like, yeah, the monsters are playing the same day, and they need time to flip the court over uh, or the ice over to the court. So uh, it is it is a, a a level of Tetris and Jenga that uh, I'm thrilled I never have to play. Um, but uh, you know, finding ways to creatively cut down and it just seems like. This is one of those things, to your point, that you kind of don't have to negotiate that hard because the incentive structure should be so aligned. You know, mm-hmm. like the like the NBPA, as far as I'm concerned, shouldn't have to be like, how can we reduce back-to-backs? How can we uh, make uh, travel more palatable? Because the NBA should be just as uh, invested in that uh, to make sure that the product is as good as it can be. So, yeah, really, especially just uh, to guarantee stars are going to be rested and that they're going to play it, right? Like, I, I think it does benefit everybody. 
Absolutely. So really, really glad that it uh, looks like Labor Peace is, uh, is on the way. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we're going to get to watch our, our, our favorite team play uh, uninterrupted because um, lockouts suck. Yes, sir. And we're going to watch our favorite team take on the Orlando Magic tomorrow. Magic have been playing well, man. Like, Not a bad people, team. People get used to to seeing Orlando on the schedule and reacting differently than you did. Uh, I saw a tweet today over the last 53 games, Orlando was 29 and 24 and they're still going to suck. They're going to be getting a top 10 pick. They have cap space. We've heard them rumored for guys like Fred Van Vliet and all that, you know, a point guard to organize everything. Uh, Paolo's fantastic. Wendell Carter Jr. has been great. Franz is great. Uh, Markel Fultz is a great story. Uh, Jalen Suggs has moments like they've got talent and this is a team that like moving forward when we're looking at the, the Cavs and we're projecting forward Orlando's a team that's going to be a problem at times which is automatically bringing me back to that 2009 trauma thank god they play a little bit of a different style but uh looking at the, this game against Orlando I'm happy that Dean seems to at least be you know a, a little bit more in the rotation because you need size to combat this team and uh, like you said, Carter, I, I think you summed it up properly where it's I, I'm kind of hoping for a split here <laughs> and I would really like it if they just got this first game because then then you have 10 days w- without any real kind of meaningful game and you can kind of just take the precautionary approach. Absolutely, brother. It's going to be a, a fun few days and then uh, we, we can you know, put our nose to the grindstone and start prepping for playoffs, baby. Oh God, that's uh, it's going to be a wild ride. We will be podcasting after uh, Thursday's game uh, against the Magic, so we'll be recapping that two-game series. Big thanks to everyone that tuned in live on YouTube. Uh, we really do appreciate all the support you guys give. If you want to support us, like and subscribe. Click notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast and you want to give us support, you leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot of the review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Until next time, go Cats! Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.